This week, the obvious question is, some days, why can't I just stay in bed? I'm Mike Traversano, and each week, one of the hosts, Joe Bertalek, Bob Meyer, and myself asks a question that may seem to have an obvious answer on the surface, but once we get into it, there's much more underneath. And we invite you to help us find answers through comments on our site, obviousquestion.wordpress.com, or on our Facebook page for The Obvious Question. So some days, you wake up, take one bleary-eyed look at the day, and say, no thanks, I'm going back to bed. Can you do this? Can we afford to do this? What if you can't? Is there something we can do to turn this feeling around? I had a problem this morning. Um, I had to get out of bed, and I hit the snooze thing. Like, this is the day that I work from home, so I didn't have to go to work. I didn't have to commute. I didn't have to go to the gym. I could have gone to breakfast. I could have taken a kid to school, but I decided to hit that little snooze thing like four or five times. And I was like, why do we have to get out of bed in the morning? And I remember being a kid. Remember those days where you're like, oh, I don't want to go to school. And I think as adults, sometimes we have that, I don't want to go to work. But I'm thinking, why are these some days where I'm like heavily motivated? I want to get out in the world. I want to conquer everything and I want to do everything. And then other days, I'm like, I just want to sleep in. I don't, I don't want to do anything. I feel unmotivated. And I know like today, I've got a lot of stuff on my plate. Lots of meetings, lots of things I got to do. And and maybe that's a sense of it. It's like, it's not the stuff that I want to do. Um, it's not going for a hike or go for a run or let's go kayaking or let's go fly a kite. It's not any of that stuff. It's it's stuff I don't want to do. So why can't I just stay in bed? Well, you could. I mean, obviously you could stay in bed, but that would probably lead to some bad consequences for you in the end. You know, it's funny. I, I When you're saying that, I'm, I'm relating to it, you know, the work week. Monday to Friday, it's tough to get out of bed. But Saturday's not so hard. You know, why is that? Because I designate a Saturday? There's something more to it than that, right? So Monday to Friday, I have to get out of bed. And there's things I have to do. And there's stuff that people depend on me to do or they pay me to do. But when the weekend rolls around Saturday, it's my time. I get to do what I want. I think it's more, it's probably, it's probably more related to what I have coming at me and then how I feel about it. But when I'm in control of the day, when I wake up with the idea that I can do anything I want and nobody is telling me I have to do anything necessarily, I mean, I might have some tasks and stuff I don't want to do, but the idea that I'm in control of it and can decide when to do it or how to do it uh, makes all the difference. And I know uh, as a kid, certainly going to school was the same way, you know, tough to get up for school. But Saturday came around, no problem. If I made a mistake and Friday felt like a Saturday and I jumped up out of bed, you know, 10 minutes into it, I'd be like, oh, I'm tired again. Only because I have to go to school. I have, I know I have to do something for that day. I think when you're in control, it makes it a lot easier to get up out of bed. I think the, the, worst, uh, the worst case is the Sunday feeling where you have all of that Saturday good, goodness, but yet I know I can let Monday creep right in. And, and I know how bad the week's going to be by how early in Sunday I start to let it creep in. There was a time, luckily or happily for, for me, it, it, it isn't like this so much anymore. But for, for a while, like I'd wake up on a Sunday morning and, and you know, feel the whole week, you know, at, at 8 a.m. Like, oh, this dread of it's coming. And, you know, everything was sort of tainted on that. Uh, glad to not have that anymore. But it's still a good barometer of like what's coming. You know, how, how do I feel on a Sunday? Am I bored or am I, is, are things good? So what, you know, all of these mental 
stories we tell ourselves about what the day should feel like or what we're doing should feel like it it's it's uh it's ridiculous and and add that in with this this pressure i think at least for me i feel a pressure that if i have a lot to do and work or something like that on a work week i know that i should be able to feel good that day too like there's no there's no difference between me and today the sun happened the same way and i woke up the same way and i you know everything is the same barring some sort of emergency right so why is it that my brain tells me no today you're going to feel crappy you know you're going you could try to work through it you could meditate or read something before you have to get started to sort of get yourself going get motivated but you know you're going to have this when it's when in the end it's all me doing it it's you know the day is what it is right but i'm happy to allow myself to tell myself no man today you're going to feel weird and stressed out <laughs> It sounds like there's a whole universe of things happening between the time I roll over and put my first foot on the floor. And it and it's weird to me that I can't I can't figure out what's actually happening there. Is it the dreams that I've had that are you know, sometimes I think of that that it's like what what were the last five dreams I had? And maybe that determines my positive attitude. That might be part of it, but a lot of it, I think, is, you know, am I in control of my day? Because you're right, Joe and Mike, you both said, like, that weekend feeling, it's definitely different on that Saturday. Even the Saturdays that I have to wake up early, if it's something like like this Saturday, we're going to North Carolina. So I don't think I'm going to wake up in a bad mood. You know, yeah, i got to pack the car, but we're going on vacation. You know, it's like a couple days up in the mountains in North Carolina. It sounds really cool. You know, I'm looking forward to it. But that's the thing, too, is I kind of extrapolate things like in my day, like how are, how is that going to go? North Carolina in the mountains, you know, sounds like I'm going to have a good time, relaxation, some time on the lake, writing. When I when I look at the meetings that I have scheduled for today, I look, oh, painful, dread, you know, like that's not going to be fun. Oh, there's going to be lots of questions. Oh, I'm going to have more work. Oh, I might have to work on this during the weekend. It doesn't sound, it sounds heavy. I know, Joe, you, you told me something a long time ago is you know, taking everything and, and treating it as light as a feather. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. I, I think I need that. Yeah, and I was thinking of lightness, Bob, when you were saying that. And you know, I'll say from my experience, when I when I step out in the world and people are talking to me and I'm interacting and stuff, I, I sometimes catch myself and realize that there's a certain lightness in me. There's something about the way I'm entering the world or, or interacting with people that makes it so that and this is the wrong word, but like it makes it appealing to have a conversation. It makes it appealing to, you know, to connect with the person or the person to connect with me. And it's odd because there are times people say things and I think, well, where'd that come from? You know, it's like I, I don't normally hear that. But that, that light as a feather is the idea that, you know, if you get into something and you, you're working on something, a project or a task, whatever, and it feels heavy, it, it, it's burdensome, you're probably not doing it right or correctly in the sense that it's it's a weight. It's a weight on your shoulders. But when you step into things and, and it feels light as a feather and, and it, it came from a project we were working on, it was called Visions of a Better World, where they were trying to step into the environment, step into the world in a way that they interacted with it, but it didn't feel heavy because they realized that most people will back away from that. You know, if you go into a task, like you're talking about the things you have to do that are, that are feeling pretty heavy, if you weren't employed to do that, if you weren't paid to do that, you might not do it. And this group was a set of volunteers. So they were saying is we really want people to volunteer and to be part of this. We've got to make the whole process light as a feather. And as we do it, if it starts to feel heavy, we need to figure out a different way to do it. It needs to stay light. 
that light as a feather idea, Joe, I think for, for me, it, it ties right back to I know my, the, the problem I have that I was just talking about where I know I'm doing it. Like I know it's my head doing it to myself and I can get real, I can get real specific about what my head's doing. My head is not thinking about what it is that I'm doing at the moment. It's preoccupied with what I think the moments coming up are going to do to me. And it's, and it screws up the present moment, right? It's, it's that classic, you know, being anxious about something in the future happening one way or another that is probably not going to happen that way anyway. But but that's where my focus is instead of right in front of me on the thing that I'm doing on the present moment, which I can choose to have whatever quality I want. Like right now, talking to you guys, right? Like, like I'm here talking to you. I'm think I'm listening intently, right? I, I mean, we're, we're in the conversation. If I were to think of a meeting later on in the day, it would absolutely color how good this conversation is going to be or what I'm going to get out of it or what I say. Right. But I, Unless I'm able to to be present, to remind myself to be present somehow, right? Then I'm going to fall into that trap. Things are going to start to feel heavy. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned, Mike. I was talking to my younger son this week, and he was saying about how one of my granddaughters, his daughter, was, you know, having some some um, stuff at school where she was trying to figure out, you know, how to improve her grades in certain certain areas, and one of them was history which I'm not a history person. She, she got my history gene, probably the, the one that can't seem to remember dates and places and stuff like that. But he asked her, he said, so when you're in class and the teachers, you know, kind of talking about history and dates and stuff and trying to give you hints on, you know, what's going to be on the tests and stuff. What are you doing at that point? What are you thinking about? And she said, uh, Friday night football. <laughs> I just, when I heard that, I laughed. I thought, of course. I mean, why would you be thinking about history? That's stupid. I mean, it's like, who wants to deal with that? Deal with Friday night football, you know? And, and then he said, well, if you're reading the chapter, like, and, and you're reading it, do you, do you read the page and flip it and realize you, you really didn't read anything? Your eyes scanned every word, your brain read every word, but you have no idea what you read. Now, I know you guys have experienced that. I've experienced that. And I've come to the point in my life where when I get to that point, I go back and reread it. And sometimes I have to reread it three or four times until my brain finally picks it up, you know, actually reads it. So there's something about that distraction, too, that I think is what you're talking about, Mike. I'm somewhere else. I'm not in that moment for sure, because I'm, I'm not picking up on what the actual page is, is got on it. You know, I'm, I'm reading the words. I'm reading every word intently, but it, it's, it has no meaning to me. Mm -hmm. And, and so also getting that, in the present. Yeah. Even that thinking, though, the interesting thing about thinking about the football game, that makes for a better day, right? You know, and that's what I think about getting out of bed is I'm thinking about what do I have to do today? And I'm, I'm kind of giving it plus and minus signs in terms of what is that? How does that constitute my day in terms of is it a good day? Is it a bad day? And, you know, it is when you think about things coming up that are good or you label them good, it, it makes for a better day. And, and uh, even if you're not in the present moment, it's funny how thoughts kind of make the mood. And I'm always intrigued by that. Can I trick myself then? Can I? And I tell myself it's going to be this way and it's going to be better. And is that a good or a bad thing? Is there an Amazon product that they're going to create that wakes me up in the morning that subliminally gives me messages, positive affirmations, and tells me I'm going to jump out of bed and when I, that first foot hits the floor, it's going to be a, it's going to be a beautiful day, guys. Yeah, and I think, I think there is, Bob. And I think what you said is really important because I think that mood that you set determines the emotions that show up. So that if you... If you create an environment where your moods are a certain way, then certain emotions will show up and not necessarily the ones you would want. 
you know, happiness and joy and stuff like that come with when you're in a certain mood. But when you're in a quote unquote bad mood, what shows up is anger and, you know, maybe resentment or, or you know, issues with people and stuff like that. So if you had a way of, of waking up and, and I don't know if it's correct to say putting yourself in a good mood or, or feeling a good mood and go back to Mike's comment about being in the moment, there's really nothing wrong with the moment. You might be in a bad mood because of what happened yesterday, or what's going to happen later today, you know, when you have some important stuff to do. But if, if on a Saturday morning, if you wake up in a bad mood, I'd be curious what that mood is being driven by. Because generally speaking, I wake up in a good mood nowadays, most days, but but certainly on Saturdays, it was always a good mood day. It's like get up, fix breakfast. You know, I have no place to go that I, I'm forced to do anything. So what shows up is good emotions, you know, happiness, joy and interaction with people is great. You know, that type of thing. So there is something there with that connection. It'd be nice to have an Amazon product to cover that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Also, I, yeah, the sorry, Mike, the just being sick. I know you were saying like like times when I have a cold or something, waking up in the morning with that, like a sinus infection or something that definitely a it affects your alertness, but it also affects your mood, too. Yeah, and mood generates the emotions, I think. So it's like, yeah, look out. I mean, you know, dad's in a bad mood or, you know, my husband's in a bad mood. You know those phrases and they kind of like they're scary almost, like you want to avoid the person because you know what's coming. You know what the next thing that's going to happen, the next emotion that's going to happen. You know, but I, I for myself, I, I, don't, I don't like the risk of, of allowing of allowing me looking forward to a vacation to be the thing that gets me in a good mood now, you know, because I see that, you know, cause there's the other side of that coin, you know, cause that means that I'm going to be controlled by uh, something bad or something I perceive as bad coming up. I don't know, a funeral doctor appointment, a dent, I don't know whatever the thing is, right. Meeting that you don't want to attend that that's going to ruin that. I'm going to allow that to ruin my present now. And so I, I, for myself, I like to fight that or push it away. And the only way I, I know to effectively fight that or push it away is to be here yeah. right now. You know, rec, you know, it's the only thing I've got. And so I'm going to be here now. So do you think a better, yeah, maybe you. a better solution is just wake up in the morning and take on the day and like, cause how many people, I, I know speaking for myself, so many people grab their phone first thing in the morning, right? Check the email, look at the calendar. I would love to break that routine because I think it, it screws up my day. You know what I mean? Because then that's where the panic comes in. It's like, oh, God, i got to do this. i got to do that. Oh, my gosh. It's like all these little reminders and things that pop up. But I kind of like the idea of, like, if I were retired or if I didn't have anything to do or there's that Saturday, I would just wake up and take on the day. And that seems like a better day than this all thought process of it's all planned out, right? I have a hard time. I, you know, right present I used to read the, the – I'm sorry, I used to read the morning paper all the time before work. And I had a guy one time challenge me at work and say, you know, when you read the morning paper like that, you're setting yourself for whatever bad news is in that paper. You're going to carry that with you at the start of the day. And uh, I started subscribing to the evening paper instead. Uh, not that I didn't want the paper. I didn't just didn't want to be set for the day that way. And I, he was right. I mean, it's like you're saying with the email. You know, when I read the paper and this this bad thing, and papers typically report on the bad stuff more so than the good stuff. So it was one bad story after another. And I went into work thinking, the world's not very good. You know, things are not very good with me right now. I stopped doing it. It got a whole lot better. So yeah, the challenge would be to, to actually not do that, you know, and see how your day goes. Uh, and you know this, I, I was going to say, you've been on vacation where you, you left your cell phone at home, I'm sure. And you don't miss it really. You miss it for a day or two thinking something must be going on. But then once you get into the, the routine and you don't, you don't listen to the news, you don't, 
you know, chase whatever's going on. The world is a lot different at that point. Like Mike was saying, you're in the moment. You're living moment to moment to moment. That's pretty cool. I have found uh, in my my morning routine, I mean, at the risk of sounding like, you know, little goody two-shoes here. Like, oh, Mike. But, But I found for the past, I don't know, couple of years now, I've made my morning routine be uh, that I, I meditate for five minutes or I read a poem or I read a, a chapter, or a couple paragraphs of Eckhart Tolle or Alan Watts or, you know, one of the dudes that I'm, I'm always, <laughs> you know, yapping about anyway, but that I do this within the first 10 minutes of waking up. Like I wake up, I go downstairs, I turn the coffee pot on, right? The coffee maker on and I grab one of these things, you know, or or, you know, I use a, a meditation app called Breathe that even has a welcoming the day, you know, meditation in it that's really helpful. And and I'm not, I, I recognize for myself, I'm not, not good enough to do this automatically, to be present automatically. I need a kickstart. Like, I need a reminder. I do. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I've just made it part of my routine to remind myself no matter what's going to happen. And this does not guard me from having crappy days. Lord knows, I still do. But there's something about it of that, you know, before even anybody I tend to get up before anyone else, before anybody else is up, is up, I'm already, you know, I've put on my armor, you know, I've like grabbed my sword, put on my armor. And what it was was like something meaningful. Yeah, I I definitely believe in the power of that. I mean, I have a daily affirmation that I keep in my journal and I want to read it. It, it, says, it says daily information. I should be reading it daily, but I, I'll tell you, it, it's usually once every 10 days because I, you know, I want to do that as part of my routine, but it's not part of my routine because I get caught up in the, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I need to do more of what, what Mike's talking about, I think is great advice. Just taking that moment to breathing sounds so cliche in a way, like everybody's like, oh, you just need to breathe. You just need to do this. And it sounds like you can get really, really analytical about, well, you're telling me to do something like take a baby step or do something like that's dumb. Breathe. Mm. Come on. But yeah. really that deep breath, if you could just take two minutes or five minutes, like you said, and just breathe deeply and not think about anything. It's, I don't know. I want to say it's borderline miracle, right? I mean, it's like, how did I do that? How, how did that like change my whole attitude? But it will. It it helps. It re, for me, I find it super. Maybe the most helpful thing, you know. And and funny, I I am in a place now where I, maybe I'm addicted to it in and of itself, and I'll be happily addicted to this as a behavior. But you know, instead of it being like, well, this is something I do. You know, it's just a positive thing that I do. It's almost like uh, a diabetic needing insulin. You know, like it's the other way. It's like if I don't do this, I've kind of learned or I've lived enough years, you know, of, you know, super depression or panic stricken anxiety. You know what I mean? <laughs> to know that like this is my insulin. This is like my medicine shot that if, if I don't do it, you know, the the dark side is happy to creep up right behind me and, you know, get get thee back, Satan. Well, so yeah, final so thoughts. I agree with you guys. Go back to bed. Should I go back to bed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too late for that, Bob. It's too late. I was going to say, as a final thought on this, I agree with you guys. I have little to say on top of that other than these practices sound really good. And and I know for myself, the more I do of them, the more the more I just breathe. Just breathe or just sit for a minute or just, you know, meditate or, or just even smile. Just sit and smile at the day. Think about, you know, 
what people call affirmations, you know, the, the things that are going well in your life can make all the difference. And from my experience, if I don't have that pressure where I'm forced to think about something else or be someplace other than in the moment, life isn't good that way. And it's gotten so much better with you know, trying to stay in that moment, stay moment to moment to moment and just breathe.